I'm adding to the Madonna whore complex. You can be a Madonna, a whore, or a quirky girl. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Those are your three options. Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make all my friends. Have I fucked this up? (laughs) Who cares? I have an English major on this month. Her name is Lydia. She talked about... Hi, everybody. (laughs) She talked about dystopias with me last March, but now we are going a completely different direction. We are not going to talk about men's wrongs in dystopias we were talking about men's wrongs in the bedroom <laughs> I wasn't thinking you were going to say that <laughs> we we were talking about women's rights and now we will be talking about something much more important which is getting whipped on your pussy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she really does I I just like I think what Jess said to me about doing this month was I was really going to tell on myself and I will be telling on myself right now. That sounds like it would hurt and like not in a good way. I think my pussy would just shrivel up and be like, no, no, I don't want to have sex anymore. Like, I don't want to be whipped there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems unpleasant, but we should let's let's build up to that. (laughs) Oh, we haven't even told people what we read. I mean, if they haven't guessed. Or, like, looked at that episode title. <laughs> <laughs> this month we read um, Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James. Um, and I want to give everybody a, um, a, what is it, like a precursor or like a Content warning? warning? That, content warning of several things. First of all, we're going to be talking quite graphically about sex. Um, we really are. First of all, yeah. And then second of all is that I am going through a horrific breakup right now. <laughs> and so I am using this in order to cope with the extreme amount of pain and suffering that I'm experiencing. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, this book did not add to your pain and suffering. No, this, honestly, this book was a coping mechanism for me in this trying time. Like, I, the, the ability to turn my brain off and like hear about Anastasia Steele getting like whipped on her clitoris I was like this is this is what wellness must feel like <laughs> I I also want to like push back against the idea that like he could I how long is the whip like how much control does this man have that he can just anyway I don't think his aim's that good no, no. And and if it were, I would say, that's kind of sus coming from a white man. Why are you so good with a whip? It's so crazy. So this book was self-published originally, and then it just went like batshit insane. And then the other two, I will say, um, they're not any better. The second one is not any better edited than the first. And other than that, I will keep my, my lips zipped because I have already finished yes. it. Oh gosh, I haven't started it, so that's a whole thing, but that's okay. Yeah. Should we do the two minute summary? Um, let's read the back of the book first. I'm pulling it oh. up on the Libya app as we speak. 
I guess, yeah, we can get it out of the way right now. No, I would not buy this book. But no, was I this, would not buy this book. Was this book good? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I would the not buy this book. The other thing I have to say is this book is so fucking long. <laughs> it was like 800 pages on Li- Libby. The second book is? No, the first one is. Oh, really? It was yeah. like 500 pages um, on my Kindle. That's that's a lot of smut, Lydia. Think about I know, it. I know. It had to have been like 300 pages of like just sexual content. Well, the other thing is that like E.L. James in that book, like, and we're going to talk about this in the bad writing section of this podcast, but E.L. James never does like she never moves forward in time. Like I, like I swear, we follow Anna like to the bathroom. We follow her in the shower. Like, like we see everything and like hear every single thought that she has. Even when, even if it's just like, oh, my car needs gas. Like, like <laughs> that's why this book is five hundred pages long. Well, and it's also 500 pages long because, like, every third sentence, she is either communicating directly with her subconscious that, like, looks like the woman in charge of the desk at Monsters, Inc., or yes, her inner goddess, which looks exactly like herself, except she can, she is, like, a gymnast and also horny as fuck. And she's also, like, salsa dancing constantly. She is which... salsa dancing constantly. Christian's like, I want to tie you up. And she, like, looks at her inner goddess, and her inner goddess has, like, catapulted herself over the couch and is now salsa dancing. She's like, my inner goddess is doing the Charleston and taking a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This book is so crazy. Um, <laughs> it's such a good read. Okay, here's the back of the book. Quote, And in this quiet moment I close my eyes, spent and sated. I think I'm in the eye of the storm. And in spite of all he's said and what he hasn't said, I don't think I have ever been so happy. End quote. When literature student Anastasia Steele goes to interview young entrepreneur Christian Gray, she encounters a man who is beautiful, brilliant, and intimidating. The unworldly, innocent, Anna is startled to realize she wants this man, and despite his enigmatic reserve, she finds she is desperate to get close to him. Unable to resist Anna's quiet beauty, wit, and independent spirit, Gray admits he wants her, but on his own terms. Shocked yet thrilled by Gray's singular erotic tastes, Anna hesitates. For all the trappings of success, his multinational business, his vast wealth, his loving family, Gray is a man tormented by demons and consumed by the need to control. When the couple embarks on a daring, passionately physical affair, Anna discovers Christian Gray's secrets and explores her own dark desires. Okay, his tastes are not singular. No, they're pretty common. I think maybe his, like, underlying why he needs to do it is not as common, but it's so crazy for E.L. James to be like, it's crazy that Christian wants to tie her up. Yeah, like, the the craziest thing that he does really is, like, spank her really hard and tie her up and, like, use a, like, riding crop or a whip, which, like, those are all 
I, you know, I don't want to tell on myself, but those are all things that I would say are pretty mainstream. It's certainly mainstream in that, like, it, it's crazy to me that this book got so popular because people were like, we've never heard of anyone doing this. Yeah, that's, and I, like, I have, oh God, well, <laughs> I have, like, had men, like, ask if they, like, could spit on me, and I'm, like, I, which even that isn't that weird. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it's hard for me to imagine a time when, um, this stuff wasn't like at least a part of the pot, like the zeitgeist, because like these days I feel like if you're hooking up with someone and you're like, Oh, please like be nice to me. They're like, what are you? Some kind of vanilla baby? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of. I wasn't having sex when this book was published, but like it, it seems like the, the, the public sexual interest has like something shifted. We all became kinky. Well, and like, I'm also trying to figure out how to talk about this without telling on myself too much. (laughs) I like, I guess I should start by saying, unlike Lydia, I did not start skipping the smut in this book. I did read all of it. (laughs) And, like, what it comes down to, I think what makes, like, reading smut good is that, like, both people are really enjoying it. Like, both people are really into it. And, like, the crazy Mm -hmm. thing about this book is that, like, Anna is, like, all of this stuff is so crazy and weird and I, like, hate myself for liking it. But, like, she's really into it. Like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. The other thing that I have beef with, or I guess I don't have beef with, I actually think this is a really good part of this book. The power dynamic in this book is, like, wildly, wildly inappropriate and bad. Oh, it's terrible. It's so bad. It's really awful. I mean, the first time that they sleep in the same bed together, she has gotten too drunk at a bar and, like, throws up outside, and Christian has tracked her phone, found her at the bar takes her mm-hmm. back to his hotel room, undresses her, yep. and then, like, puts her to bed. And we're supposed to see it as, like, like Anna's freaked out, and I think we, as the reader, are kind of supposed to be like, no, honey, he's taking care of you. Yeah, that's when a man kidnaps you, that's him taking care of you. Yeah, did anything bad happen to you? No, then he was just taking care of you. Then <laughs> he was just taking care of you. Your friends called the police <laughs> Because they didn't know where you were. And the police were like, oh, he was taking care of you. Yeah, I like... I, but the thing that I do think is, like, less bad than it could be. And maybe this is... I I like that they are only four years apart in age. I That is a huge relief. Yeah. It is a huge relief. Because if he was, like... it It helps the plot a lot for Anna's innocence to be, like, ruined by someone who is, like, like, as much as he is, I, is he taking advantage of her? Is he taking advantage of her? Um, uh, ooh. Like, there's a massive power imbalance, but, like, I don't really feel like he's taking advantage of her. And I also feel like at least the power imbalance is, like, made less bad by the fact that, like, Anna, 
has legitimate intentions of being her own independent person and yeah like i i don't know maybe i'm explaining it poorly but like i i like that there's not an age difference i think that would make me feel so yucky nasty yeah because he could have easily been like 30 35 which like isn't that old but like it would have made the dynamic of like him being like a millionaire and him like always taking her out on his jet and his helicopter like it just would have seemed a lot more manipulative Um, i agree with that and i also think that like spoilers for book two and three but we find out he's like very traumatized and like the whole I can fix him thing between a 22-year-old and a 26-year-old feels very different than if Anna was, like, 22 and he was, like, 40. Yeah, yeah. Because at, at 40, when you are when you start to get into your 30s, your brain, like, it's not gonna, like, the the cake has been baked, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> you're not gonna, you can't undo it. <laughs> and I would know. You would know. Oh, yeah. You would know. <laughs> Dennis um, and his baked cake. Yes. <laughs> Dennis, the, the cake has been bonked. <laughs> um, so, okay. We were talking about, um, is that the, the power dynamic is definitely unhealthy. I do also think that, like, Anna does a really good job of, like, identifying when the power dynamic, like, is power dynamicking because she like he's buying her all of these things and she's like please don't do that buying like please stop like you're making me uncomfortable and like one thing that she does do in this book that i really appreciate is like she does have moments where she is genuinely like protesting and trying and expressing boundaries and saying like i don't feel like this doesn't feel good to me like i would prefer if you didn't do this um, does he listen to those boundaries? No, which not absolutely ideal. not. <laughs> but she, it does like happen, which if when you think about like other books where there's similar power dynamics, like in Twilight, like I don't remember a singular time in Twilight where Bella Swan ever like tries to create a boundary. She's just like, Oh, like you want me to do this? Okay. Like, yeah, not, you know, like she, it's, it's almost never. Um, so that's like a good thing about it. Yeah, I think that is good. I also, wow, I can tell on myself now, but not sexually, mm. thank God. Um, mm. <laughs> if a man was offering to buy me an entire new wardrobe, I don't know if I would have the wherewithal to say no. Oh, I, and I would say yes. And I would say yes. <laughs> I would say yes immediately. I would be like, you want to buy me a pair of $5,000 shoes? Thank you. I Thank love you. Them. And I would say I have been trying to get a man to finance my lifestyle. <laughs> I know. She's literally like, she's like, I don't want you to buy me a car. Anna, do you know how expensive cars are? And she's going into publishing. It's not like she's going to be able to get that car on her salary. I think we're supposed to think the most unrealistic part of this book is the sex, but the most unrealistic part of this book is that she, like, graduates college, has one job interview in the public publishing industry, and immediately gets it. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we just think you're so, she's got zero experience. She's been working at a hardware store. And uh, frankly, she's got she, no charisma. No, she's got no charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Um, it's, she's, she's giving nothing. She's giving nothing. <laughs> and, and, and the, well, and the other thing that's incredibly unrealistic about this book is that they move. So, um, Anna and her friend, or Anna, I don't know. I've been saying Anna. Anna and her friend, Catherine Kavanaugh. Catherine um, Kavanaugh, her best friend, Catherine Kavanaugh. <laughs> My best friend, Catherine Kavanaugh, who's skinny and she's got red hair. And huge um, tits. And huge boobs. <laughs> um, they move to Seattle and they get an apartment right above or like across from like Pike's Place Market, like right out of college. Oh, no, no, no. They explain this. They explain this. Kate's dad is loaded. He just buys them a condo. I still hate that. When, when would that happen? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I guess that happens for people. Here's the thing. I am not a rich person, so I it's literally impossible for me to even like remotely imagine that happening to somebody. I have to remind myself often, specifically with billionaires, that like the amount of money that they have invested in the stock market is just making them like enough money to buy a house in St. Louis or Kansas City like daily. Without batting an eye. Yeah. Like and um that's crazy. Should we see this is why we have to talk about this is why we have to talk about Marxism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if we need to talk about Marxism in CompCon so we can like really dedicate to it because I feel like there's just already so much to discuss with all of the plots. But because that's true, we are not like the perfect man. One caveat for all of the Fifty Shades of Grey pods. We will not be doing a separate section for The Perfect Man because these books are, like, explicitly about Anna and Christian. Like, they... Yeah. I I know I said a couple of weeks ago that I was like, I am reading the little cartoon cover romances for the plot. There is no plot in this. There is no... No plot. There is no personal growth outside of their relationship. There is no... I guess I can't say there's no, like, trying new things... Because <laughs> Anna is, like, exclusively trying new things. Oh, you know what we don't have anywhere in the outline, Lydia? What? Anna is a virgin. Oh, Anna is a virgin. <laughs> um. Anyway, you cannot read these for the plot. There is no plot. The plot is just, like, how can we argue with each other and then make up and then fuck over and over and over and over again. Yes. Yes. That's the plot. And the, the plot is also just like, um, Christian, like being mysterious and having mysterious trauma. And, um, like Anna being like, why are you sad? And he's like, my mom was a crack whore. (laughs) (laughs) He calls her exclusively the crack whore. He, and then also being like, and I was also sexually abused as a child. Um, and that's like the only real, um, like for me, like that's what, that is what is really pushing me to read the second book is because like, I want to, I want to know what the horrors are. Like, I want to figure out why, um, why, like why he's so mean to his mom, the crack whore, <laughs> like what's going on there? Well, and you know that um, she wrote 
these books again from Christian's point of view, right? What? They're called, I think they're called like, yeah, she rewrote them. And I'm fascinated to know if it is literally just like an exact mirror and he also refuses it. Like, I'm wondering if he's just like, Anna's going to ask about the crack whore. I don't want to think about her. And then he doesn't think about her. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I will say that the, the version of Twilight where it's from Edward's perspective is one of my favorite books of all time. So I do <gasps> think that really? I may perhaps be reading. I love that book. It is so fucking funny. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever read. This definitely tops it, but the Midnight Sun is I, the first time that I read it, I illegally downloaded it into a Word doc <laughs> on my dad's computer, and I read it on there. It was so good, so entertaining. Oh, my God. Yeah, this book is really fucking entertaining. We still haven't summarized it. We we got to summarize it. We got to summarize it. Do you want to do it, or do you um, want me to do it? Um, I want to do it. Okay, get after it. Okay, so two-minute summary. So this book starts with Anna, and she is going to interview Christian Grey because her uh, roommate, Catherine Kavanaugh, is sick. Um, So she meets Christian Grey, and they're, like, immediately extremely horny. And <laughs> and um, basically after that, like, after that first meeting where she's uh, interviewing him, he, I don't know, he, like, stalks her. And, like, tracks her down, and then, um, I can't remember, like, how this happens. He, like, gives her all of these, like, really foreboding warnings. He's like, you should stay away from me. Um, but then also keeps, like, following her around and, like, giving, like, giving her his, like, contact information. And she eventually receives, like, she, they are talking and and he's like i need to, if if you want to have a sexual relationship with me you have to like sign this contract and she's like a contract and so she reads this contract and it's it's a it's a kinky sex contract um, <laughs> and basically he wants he wants anna to be his sub he wants her to basically be his like sex slave he wants her to like do everything that she wants or he wants and like be able to um, like tell her what to do, tell her what to wear, tell her what to eat. And she's like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, and then she never, uh, she never officially signs it. That's right? true. She never signs she it. She never officially signs it, but they do start having sex. And she's like, I think I'm in love with Christian. And Christian is like, I think I'm in love with Anna, but I just want to hit you so bad. <laughs> Um, and then we find out that Christian has mysterious trauma and that's basically, that's basically it. Is that a good summary? Did I miss anything? Um, you're missing the final plot point, which is like Anna at the end of their like whole big sexual relationship. She's like, I just need to know the worst thing you can do to me. I need you to do it to me so that like I can know what it is. And so he takes her to what she calls the Red Room of Pain, which is so dramatic. It's Um, so dramatic and also kind of sad. Yeah. But anyway. The Red Room of Sexual Pleasure. Come on, Anna. Um, Yeah, right. And he, like, 
makes her bend over a couch and then hits her with a belt six times. And she's like, I can never give you what you want. If this is what you need, I can't give this to you. And then leaves him. And that's how the book ends. <laughs> and he's like doing the, what? what is that movie where the guy's like, babe, no, babe, no. Is it Hot Rod? <laughs> I've never seen she Hot leaves. Rod, but that does sound right because it sounded, that did sound like your Andy Samberg. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, babe, babe. <laughs> Um, oh yeah. my god <laughs> it is so this is the, book. the campiest book I've ever read in my life it's camp it is camp I want them to do like <laughs> scenes from this on RuPaul's Drag Race or something it's so oh good my god. I originally hated the ending but because I Unlike Christian Grey, I do not believe in delayed gratification. I immediately picked up the next one on Libby and started reading it right away. <laughs> so, like, I, the cliffhanger didn't hit. Because I just kept reading. Oh, see, I am doing a palate cleanser right now and I'm reading a book about um, disability studies. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing the delayed gratification, but honestly, I cannot wait <laughs> to get back to this much. <laughs> oh, let's see. We moved that. You want to talk about how bad the writing is to start? We have to talk about how bad the writing is. Um, So I'm going to really be in my um English major era for like two seconds. So everybody, everybody hold with me. But one thing that I, one reason why this book is so damn long is because E.L. James is not, is only telling. She is not showing. <laughs> like, at all points in this book, and like, in the narration, it's first person narration, which is like, famously really, really hard to write in. Um, but Anna will be like, I thought to myself, oh wow, this is really crazy. <laughs> like, or like, as I'm, as I'm getting into the car, I think, I think to myself, oh, I'm so horny for Christian. And it's like, she, <laughs> she's like, it's, it's all voiceover. It's like, instead of like us, her showing us that Anna gets horny, she's like, oh, I'm so horny right now. I've never felt this way before. Like, <laughs> so it like, it is so clearly like it was a fan fiction, like written by someone yes. who never, like, hasn't been in an English class in years and years and years. And it's it's such bad writing, but it's so easy to read. It's like it's like cocaine. Like, there's no <laughs> you don't have to do any theory of mind to read this book because she tells you exactly what's happening. You don't have to think like, oh, like the physical sensations of being horny. Like you don't have to, you don't have to interpret anything. It's all like, it's all laid out for you. It's like, it's like the, it's the reading equivalent. It's like, it was like getting a lobotomy reading this book. It was so excellent. It was like getting a lobotomy reading this book. I agree with you that it is like all, all, all told. We already talked about her internal monologue. And her, like, inner goddess and her subconscious. There is not 
a chapter that goes by without her either speaking to her inner goddess or her subconscious. It's and I don't I don't understand that because the subconscious is subconscious. It's under like, there. It should not be speaking. That's not your subconscious. That's just your brain. That's your conscious. Consciousness. Well, like, and what's crazy also is that Anna has had this like really fraught life with her mother having like four husbands and like her dad dying when she was really young and then like the second husband sticking out around for a long time and her thinking of him as her actual father like clearly this woman has like had to like rebuild a lot of things in her brain over and over and over again and like somehow none of those coping mechanisms or like none of that like knowledge of her own self like makes it into her relationship with christian yeah and I will, I think sometimes I think that like, if you were a really traumatized person and you've never healed from your trauma, like that will, that will happen is like, you'll kind of like look for your, like, you'll find someone to kind of like fill you up like a balloon. Mm-hmm. But if, but she also never talks about that. So it's, kind, she's like pretty happy go lucky. She's not really like, oh shit, sorry, I just talked something over. Um, okay. She's never like, She's never like, I am bummed that my dad died. <laughs> She's just like, oh, that was hard on my mom. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, when I was a kid, my dad died. Anyway, <laughs> like, like. She's not in- affected by it. Like, if, if she were going to be, like, having, like, a low sense of self or, like, low self-esteem, you'd think, you'd think that she would be, like, maybe coping with some of this trauma, but... Her brain's smooth. Like, she's not thinking about any of that. <laughs> but she does have I'm ugly disease. Literally all she of these men have... are so obsessed with her. And she's like, why? I'm a little mouse. Yeah, she's like, I'm just a little girl. And I just have long, crazy brown hair that can't be tamed. And I am always trying to put it in a ponytail. And then I can't. Oh. 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 God. Yeah. The thing in the writing that I think was, like, really jarring is it all being from Anna's point of view. She will, like, she was a virgin when the book started. She's so, so innocent. She's literally, like, Mickey Mouse voice, like, oh, boy, (laughs) during sex in her own head. Oh, boy. (laughs) Exactly. And then, like... She'll go in to describe what Christian is doing to her, and it's, like, this really intense smut. I I do think, honestly, this smut, aside from Anna's internal monologue, is, like, pretty well-written. Like, I found it yeah. to be pretty engrossing. But, like, <laughs> there's one <Did> specific you <laughs> one. There's one specific one. Where he is, like, he, like, sucks on her toes for, like, not a small period of time. And then he, like, goes (laughs) further up her leg. And she goes, oh, my God. He's going to kiss me, dot, 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 there. There. Dot, dot, dot. Girl, he just sucked on your toes. What do you mean? It's crazy that he eats pussy. Like... (laughs) The toes are not self-cleaning. The vagina is. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I I do wish that this, the, the interior monologue would have been left out of this month because it definitely, 
disrupts the efficacy of the smut. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't need to be reminded that you, like, there is just a better way than the subconscious and inner goddess to describe the, like, turmoil Anna is experiencing, like, not understanding why she wants what Christian is doing. Right. Like, you could say, like, my bot, like, as he got closer to my, to my, like, moon palace or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could say, like, my body tensed up and I was, like, nervous about, like, him, like, seeing that, you know, like, there's just so many other ways that it, she could have done it or th- she could have, like, described Anna, like, close, like, trying to close her legs and, like, because she's embarrassed. Um, which, like, would have been really, like, like touching kind of because like i feel like everyone's gone through that when you're like having sex for one of the first times and like you're like please don't look at my naked body no one has ever seen it before like yeah you know but she didn't do that she just was like oh my oh boy oh goodness (laughs) she did say oh goodness a couple of times which i thought was really warming of her that was really repetitive the other thing that was really repetitive um, and I didn't put this in too many hands, so I'm going to say it now so I don't forget, is every time that she is, like, close to orgasm, like, Anna feels her body start to quicken. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened yeah. a lot. And I was like, okay, I know you didn't write so much smut that you can't come up with another word. Yeah, like, you could say tense up or, like, um... Like it starts to vibrate, or like not us doing a, a smut smut writing workshop. <laughs> that that's very telling of us of how much fucking fan fiction we've read. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think this is maybe the dirtiest book I've ever read. Like, frankly, I'm sure I've read worse on Ao3, but like. This was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I wouldn't want to read this book in public. No, it's crazy. Did you watch the YouTube video that I sent you? Oh, no, I didn't. I was really sad. <laughs> um, It was of Gilbert. For those who don't know, it was of Gilbert Gottfried reading Smut from Fifty Shades of Grey. And everyone should look it up because it was very funny. Yeah, you could not, like, pay me money to read this book in public. Yeah, like, yeah. I Like, I do think it was generally good that, like, women felt more confident, like, reading what they wanted to read. I don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I am going to have to reckon with the fact that, like, Women are just reading porn all the time, but, like, we're, like, mad at our partners if they are, like, watching porn. Yeah. And I get that, I get that, like, those are not two entirely on the same level things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, like, no one's being taken advantage of when I read my little cartoon cover romance. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's no human bodies or no human labor. I mean, except for the writer, but besides that, no, (laughs) nobody was, yeah, exploited. Hopefully. I mean, the publishing industry is exploitative, but like, you know, welcome, welcome to capitalism. I don't know. Um, but not the way that porn is for sure. 
I just, I'm glad that uh, when I get to read a little romance, I get to, like, have it have a cartoon on it. What like, do you mean? Like I don't, like, I don't want, yeah, like, I don't want to, I don't want to carry around either, like, a book with, like, Fabio on the cover or, like, oh, Fifty Shades no. of Grey. Like, I want to read something with, like, a title, like, Happy Place, where there's still, like, good smut in it, but also, like, no one's like, oh, it's my God, disguise. she's reading porn in public. <laughs> also, I'm reading it for the plot. I'm reading it for the plot. Yeah. She's reading it for the plot. <laughs> She's reading it for the plot. Okay. We've split the outline into two. Two main categories. Batshit plot lines that are bad but good. And mm-hmm. batshit plot lines that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with the good ones. The extremely good ones. This this first moment was when you could tell it was Twilight fan fiction, which is that she has she is experiencing dark haired pale girl clumsy syndrome. Oh my god, yes. Yes. The the way it's like the first couple of pages and she's like on on the floor because she fell over and she's like, "Oh, I'm so clumsy." It's like, I I screamed. <laughs> I I have to tell you, the first, like, three to four chapters of this book, I was like, I'm not going to be able to read this book. Oh, like, yeah. Like, she goes to interview Christian in his office, and he, he, like, opens the door to let her in, and she, like, trips on her own toe and literally lands, like, spread eagle on the ground in front of him. Like, I don't understand how she ends up on all fours, but she does. Uh, like, girl! Oh my god. And I, also, okay. Go what? ahead. Um, I was gonna talk about the questions that she has to ask him. Oh, thank god. That was the worst experience of my life. I, this, this portion of the book, I almost, I had to stop reading for like 24 hours. I was like, I need a, I need a breather. Before I can try this again. I had the pleasure of like, so we're talking about the section of the book where Anna is interviewing Christian. And this is the first time that they ever meet. And she asks him the most inappropriate, like, (sighs) I would sooner, like, I would, I would sooner, I don't know, jump into like, jump into a, a, a river and let myself be taken and destroyed by the rocks then ask someone <laughs> some of these questions <laughs> like she asks him like first of all she asks him are you gay and like i it, it this is like imagine you're like interviewing elon musk and you go are you gay <laughs> <laughs> like it's so uncomfortable and then she also like so he's talking and at one point she just blurts out she goes wow, you sound like you're really a control freak. And just she just blurts it out. And it's so uncomfortable. And I was really lucky that when I was I was reading this, unlike like Tucker was reading this and it made her need to like take take a space. I was absolutely zooted when I was reading this part. So <laughs> I was I was like I was like screaming and like kicking my feet because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Um, but it is awful. 
she has like no the reason she's at this interview is because her roommate who was supposed to do the interview was sick and she got like bullied into going she's not even on the fucking school paper like no. why did she her drive, roommate like, send someone else from the paper she drives like two hours to get there too and i'm like i listen i love my friends i would not drive two hours for my friends to talk to a millionaire during finals week fuck no during finals week no i'd be like i'm sorry i will do literally anything else for you but if you make me spend two hours worth of gas and then talk to this this person who is like contributing to global warming with his private jet like i will put a pipe bomb in his car like i don't want to do that (laughs) and also she has like no oh my god i've been trying to come up with the word She has no, like, it's like she doesn't have any control of her own actions. Like, it's like she, she couldn't look at the questions and decide not to ask him if he's gay. No, and she just, like, blurts them out. It's like, what, did you not read the questions beforehand? Like, oh my god. The, are you gay? She also... Sorry. No, I'm just thinking about, like, also the amount of eye contact that's described in that scene. Like, I also would rather be thrown against the rocks than make that much eye contact with a stranger while I ask him questions I don't even know are on the paper. Yeah. Look at the paper! If if I had read, like, the question, are you gay, like, the way that I would have panicked and been like, oh, what's your favorite color? Like, yeah, I would, I would never. That's not your business. It's 2011. No. So, like, we're, like, just on the cusp of, like, it beginning to, like, be, I don't know. Maybe I feel like 2011 is when we were on the cusp of, like, it being a lot more acceptable to be LGBT specifically because, like, I was also becoming sentient. Oh, true. Yeah. And so I feel like that's when it, like, exploded. I feel like it's like, oh, everybody's gay nowadays. Because in 2011, like, my previous understanding of the world was that no one was gay. And then I got (laughs) to, like, eighth grade and I was like, oh, these people exist. Mm -hmm. But, like... Well, even in 2011, though, I feel like it was... The the world was in a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. People were really not being like, are you gay? It is gay. People shouldn't be saying, are you gay now? No, not appropriate. It's not anybody's business. It, frankly, he should have like picked her up and thrown her out of his office, even though he's like, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, Any whomst. Oh. Any whomst. The the next plotline that is so crazy and funny is that he stalks her to her job at the hardware store and then, like, really tongue-in-cheek, although Anna does not understand it, like... Because she's stupid. Because she's so stupid. It's like, can you show me where the zip ties are? Okay, like, can you, I need some rope. Can you show me where the rope is? (laughs) Like, like, clearly stuff of him being like, please, I want to tie you up so bad. 
He's like, can you sh- also show me where the WD-40 is? I need to lube some things up. And she's like, oh, okay. Sure. It's on aisle seven. And she just, like, walks him around the store. And he, like, really, like, she says over and over again, I felt like he was telling me a joke that I didn't understand. Yes. Yes. And she is at least smart enough to know that something is going on. Um, She doesn't know what is going on, but it's definitely something. Another thing. Go ahead. That another thing is, like. She, in this book, like, is always like, I don't know if Christian likes me. It's like, a millionaire would never, ever do his own shopping at a hardware store. Unless unless he wanted you to be his sex slave. Well, and also, this is something I really had to suspend disbelief on. Anna did not grow up super religious. She's not particularly sheltered. It's just really completely beyond the pale to me that she had, like, never even considered the idea that, like, people have, like, BDSM proclivities. Yeah, and this is also, like, the age of the internet. Like, like it's, okay, so it's it's 2011, so Tumblr is a thing. Twitter is a thing. Certainly. Like, YouTube is a thing. Like, there's just no way that there's, yeah, there's just no way. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Especially if you're like, and she's, she's got, got all of these male friends in college. It's like, there's, and, and, and it's like a regular college. It's not like a, like a religious school or anything like that. Like, there's, it's just not likely that she would never have encountered any of this. Yeah, it, that's the one thing that you like really have to suspend disbelief on in this book. Like everything else, you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, 26 year old billionaire with a sex dungeon and like no one knows about it because enough people have signed NDAs. Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Why not? Mm-hmm. But like a 22 year old not knowing that like people like to be handcuffed, that's where I draw the line. I feel like I knew that when I was, like, eight years old. Oh, I don't think I knew it at eight, but, like, I think by the time that, like, Fifty Shades was getting popular, it felt very, like, well, yeah, duh. Right, yeah. Yeah. I had an older brother growing up, so Mm. I, you know, I had that experience of being introduced to things Mm -hmm. (laughs) via someone older. (laughs) Yeah, I grew up very religious and like pretty sheltered. Although mm-hmm. the my we like our TV and our like music was fairly limited, but like we could read whatever we wanted. Oh my god, I've never told anyone this. About to tell the whole pod. I <laughs> I dog sat for my neighbors when I was like a 7th grader and mm-hmm. I they had a family emergency and were gone for like ten days, and mm-hmm. she had like these Nora Roberts books. Oh my god! Like just like sitting on her kitchen table, and I like read the whole thing, and then I reread where the spine was cracked. I mean, like I was like, oh my god, Tugger! whole new world. <laughs> 
That's so funny. <laughs> You're like, I- sorry that I've been so gone so long at the neighbor's house. We went for a really long uh, walk. <laughs> well, they were like huge Australian shepherds and they didn't, they like really wanted to hang out with you. So I would, mm, it was nice yeah. enough out that I would just like sit on the back porch and like read. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they were also like in the house for, and they were not dogs that got walked. They just got played with in the backyard. Oh, and so yeah. like, I was like, well, like I really need to be over here. Cause these like poor dogs are just like, like, like I had a huge sense of empathy for the dogs. And also I was like, I get to read my little romance. <laughs> like I want, I hit two birds, one stone. I read porn and these dogs, <laughs> these dogs get to play. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what the fuck Tess of the the Durberville is. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is a thing. So similar to how like Wuthering Heights and Romeo and Juliet is talked about all the time in um Twilight, Tess of the Durberville is mentioned constantly in this book. It's so <laughs> funny. And, um, Christian gives Anna, um, like, like a set of old, like, first edition Tom Hardy books. Um, so it's like a major, it's a major motif. We're supposed to be thinking about Tess of the Derbyville. Um, <laughs> so Tess of the Derbyville, Der- Derby. <laughs> Tess of the Derbyville is, <laughs> Is a classic book by Thomas Hardy, and it is about this little gal named Tess, obviously. And in the book, uh, she has two suitors. One is named Angel, and the other one I don't remember what his name is. <laughs> Damn, I should have I should have looked this up before we did the pod. But All basically, good. she's got two she's got two suitors, and similar to Anna, she's like a really really um, like innocent little girl. Like she's just kind of. She's, she's like, um, the perfect Victorian lady. Like she's, she's innocent. She's pure. She's kind. Um, and she meets this guy who like kind of sweeps her off her feet and seduces her. Um, or I don't know if he seduces her or if it's like, it's like unclear in the book. He like takes advantage of her and her innocence. Um, and so while she's having this kind of like, a dubiously consensual thing going on with this, like this, this, this lecher, this, this man of bad uh, character. Um, she also has this little thing going on with this other guy, and so this other guy finds out that her other boo, um, like took advantage of her and that she like lost her virginity to him. And he becomes so mad because he has this like idealized vision of Tess in his mind. And, um, he's like, Oh, she's so perfect. She's virtuous. She's virginal, all this stuff. And he finds out, okay. I'm, I'm remembering that she was like assaulted by this other guy. He finds out that she was assaulted and he's like, you're not who I thought you were. I thought you were pure. And like, and now you're, you've been tainted by this other guy. And so I can never. I can never be with you. And it's like, obviously really horrible because it's not her fault. Um, so, um, so we're, is, we're really, it's really a place. We're in a place of, uh, the whore Madonna dichotomy. Um, 
And um, at the end of the book, she reunites with this guy who was mad at her for being raped. Um, and then together they kill her rapist. Oh, well, that's kind of yeah. sick. It is kind of sick, but it's like the the way that we had to wait around for this guy to realize that sexual assault is not Tess's problem is like a bummer. Yeah. Um, but in this book, there's so many mention like Christian always re- like refers to Anna as like as as if she were Tess of the Durbaville because she's so she's so innocent and and he's he in his head is like okay there's two possible paths like I can. I can avoid a relationship with Anna and like keep her as this like idealized virginal perfect woman, or I can pursue a relationship with her, but by pursuing a relationship with her, I will like almost like defile the very thing that like attracted me to her in the first place. Um, so it's honestly really gross. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of, um, like, uh, virgin madonna stuff and like it's it's like when men are attracted to a woman because they think that she's virtuous but then as soon as they have sex with her they like lose their attraction to them because they're like oh like i liked you the reason why i liked you to begin with is because because you were like untouchable and now that i've like had sex with you i just like don't find you alluring anymore um but at one point so obviously Tess, Tess of the Durbyville is a victim of sexual assault. And w- at one point in the book, Anna says in the narration, she's thinking about Tess of the Durbyville and she goes, wow, it's so sad. Tess was really in the wrong place at the wrong time. <gasps> about someone getting sexually assaulted. Can you? Oh when I read that, God. The, s- the scream that I scrubbed. When I read that, when I was like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Can you imagine every, anytime someone is like, uh, yeah, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and someone committed like a heinous crime against me and almost murdered me. That is not being in the wrong place at the wrong time is like, is like putting your groceries away and it starts raining. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I wish that I could feel how I felt when I read that line, but I will never be able to feel, I will never be able to feel anything like that ever again. Oh, Lydia, don't worry. In the <laughs> next book, um, you know how, um, our favorite podcast, Binge-topia, has the episode, um, where there was one episode where they were like reading, um, like, am I the asshole? And they were talking about, um, a woman who went on a date with a man who act if he like sucked on her tits enough that it would like induce lactation. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Freud, like literally like rotating himself back out of the grave again. <laughs> Freud wakes up and WWE smacks down, smacks down this bitch. Um, Freud wakes up in the second book. Freud is awoken. Oh, I cannot wait. Does it have to do, is it lactation? No, it has to do with his crack whore mother. Ooh. Oh, God. I, I really need, I want to read the second book. <laughs> okay. No, no one's stopping you. 
I, it's me. I'm doing this palette cleanser. I'm really trying to delay the gratification, but I really want to read the second book. Oh, it really, um, I want you to read the second book so that I can read the third book, but I'm like waiting <laughs> because I already, like it really one-eared out the other for me. Like I already forgot everything that happened in it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I bet <laughs> if it's anything like the first book, not a lot happens in it, so. Oh my God. Nothing happens in this fucking book. Okay. I, I want to talk about something that Tuck and I have both, um, individually spoken about, but which is this, like, this weird, um, what is it? Oh shit. This weird, um, Mary Jane thing that happens in romance books. I when, just don't know why um, he likes me. I don't know why he likes me. I, there's nothing special about me. And he actually doesn't know why he likes me either. He just finds himself like mysteriously drawn to me. And like that is in so many romance books of this time of like, there's this girl and she's just kind of like this regular girl. There's nothing really like that stands out about her or like she has no real like, distinct character traits but like for some reason there's a man who's obsessed with her he's obsessed with her and he can't even like articulate to himself or to the other girl or to the girl why and like i want to write a dissertation on the psychology of that (laughs) because i think it's very interesting well, I think a portion of it is the fact that this book was originally written as Twilight fan fiction, and it is inherently fanficy to like be able to self insert. And if Anna yeah, has like so. literally nothing about her that is distinct, like who's to say this book isn't about me? I guess so. Like, I guess it's it's well, I, and the, but then it's like, what is it going on with the ladies in the world, like? is romance really so bad and like is sex really so bad for women in their real lives that they have to insert themselves into these like into these narratives where they're in borderline abusive relationships with men who are debatably sociopaths yeah that's true i like, also- that makes me really sad i also think that like it's not so much that, like, they have to be in relationships with men who are borderline sociopaths and also that these relationships are abusive. It's that, like, I think that, like, I think that you and I are a part of, like, the portion of womanhood that has decided we are allowed to name our good qualities and it isn't, like, a big Mm. dramatic, like, hands on hips like yelling at your husband who's never once washed a dish being like (laughs) here's all the things i do for you and here's all the ways that i'm special and you never recognize it like i feel like you and i are Mm. very much like in the portion of the internet that like unfortunately america ferrera's barbie monologue did resonate (laughs) and i think in 2011 america ferrera's barbie monologue while it would have resonated still like it would have been looked on as like a crazy feminist statement 
And so that's like, true. I think that like, yes, I think women like I I was kind of thinking of it as like women like want to get fucked three ways from Sunday and also like have a man who financially takes care of them. And you took it <laughs> yeah. the other direction as like women feel unspecial and unlovable. But I think if you put all that together, like what it really says is like women like want to believe that they don't have to be special to like find a really special partner <gasps> because like none of us are supposed to like understand how special we are. Oh, Tucker. Did I do oh it? Oh my god. You, I think you did it. <laughs> Tucker. That's so true. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're actually getting incredibly deep on the 50 Shades of Grey pod. <laughs> because that is so true. Because like I, while I am, while I am a person who is like, it's important for me to like admit to myself, even though that I hate myself a lot of the times. Eh. Uh, um, <laughs> that <laughs> like that I like have good qualities and that I'm like like special or uh, like there is just like that's so like you should not have to be special or outstanding to have like a really special love in your life oh my god oh my god this I have to talk about this in therapy tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god, write it down in your notebook. <laughs> I'm gonna write it down in my notebook. That's <laughs> true. Like I oh my god, not to I'm telling it myself again, like I have this fear that I'm like not special enough to be loved. Well, and like I think part of it is we have started being able to like name why we're special and our good and our qualities are important in the workplace. And we've started yeah. to be able to, like, say why we are, like, good and important, et cetera, et cetera, in the household. But I think mm -hmm. that that moment of being noticed, like, I think that we are still deeply entrenched in the, like, Madonna whore complex. That's, like, the moment when you, like, when someone, when someone, because I feel like we all truly really really hope deep down like like because we i think a lot of women feel deeply deeply unspecial yeah like and that is like the huge fear is that like i am just like i'm just some dumb broad <laughs> <laughs> and like no one is no one is ever gonna like see me as anything else and it's like it's so powerful to imagine someone seeing something special in you even if even if you don't like like, it's like, you know, in, um, you know, in, uh, fucking The Princess Diaries, when someone, that one guy who's like, every, inside of every woman is a princess. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. inside of every woman, inside of every woman is a mysteriously special person who, um, deserves to be stalked and asked to have a sex slave contract. I'm adding to the Madonna whore complex. You can be a Madonna, a whore, or a quirky girl. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Those are your three options. I am the Madonna whore from the Madonna whore complex. I am distinct from, wait, from the Madonna 
or quirky girl complex, I am distinctly a preschool teacher who wears chunky jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm yelling! I'm yelling! Uh, um, Also, this is particularly exhausting, both with the, like, obsession thing is particularly exhausting with, like, Anna and with Bella, who she's based on, is, like, Lots of people have crushes on her. Like, half the men that she talks to are, like, obsessed with her. And she's, like... They're all trying to smash. They're all trying to smash. And she treats Christian like he's crazy. Which, like, everything... Their relationship is toxic and bad. I'm I'm not giving that caveat on anything anymore. Please, listeners, understand. I understand their relationship is toxic and bad. However... (laughs) When Christian is like, all those dude wants to, dudes want to get in her pants, he's right. He is correct. And it's just factually, statistically correct. Should he react the way that he does? Should no. he be like, you're not allowed to see him? No. No, that's insane. But However, Anna is I'm, like, you're wrong. Girl. I'm just... Well, I do... Honestly, that is so relatable to... Okay, E.L. James is really picking my brain right now, and so is Emily Tucker. <laughs> um, like, every time someone is attracted to me, I'm like, who me? I'm an ogre. Like, <laughs> like, why are you attracted to me? And, like, statistically, same thing with Anna. It's like, I, the evidence shows, the empirical data shows, um, people want to have sex with me. Um... But if you asked my brain and my me, um, it would be like, no, I'm disgusting and uh, no one has ever looked twice at me. Yeah. This book actually is saying so much about women and their psychology in the 21st century. Speaking of the 21st century, they spend half this book emailing each other. There's so many emails. There's so many emails. And I didn't realize till like halfway through that she was like, they're not replying to each other. They are opening a new email and changing the <laughs> yeah, subject line. Every single email. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, that means there's no email thread. How the fuck are they supposed to keep track of what they're saying to each other? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I think the craziest part of all of this and sam doesn't agree with me christian gray is signing all of his emails not with his name but with his email signature (laughs) like he's not bothering to write out christian Christian. at the bottom well yeah yeah he's he's like (laughs) he's like he's like i can't wait to have sex with you and then it's signed like christian incorporated llc (laughs) (laughs) and oh my god oh my god it's crazy like it's so good this man wants to get in my pants and he can't even bother to write his name at the bottom of the email he just lets the signature (laughs) auto populate yeah yeah i think that's the craziest Um, part the emails are they're so they are a they are a, a a deep text they they are a deep text and christian using his like auto signature is the most dom that he ever gets in this book 
Oh, yeah. We're like an hour and 10 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the Dom sub relationship. We're like halfway through the plot lines oh that are gosh. bad plus, but good. We haven't even gotten to the plot lines that are just bad. Uh, should we skip through some stuff? Because a lot of this stuff isn't like, that I important. think we should talk about the, the phrasing. And we should also yeah. talk about, I, we've discussed how unhealthy their relationship is. Yeah, we've discussed it at, at large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things that Anna and Christian say in all seriousness, not in jest. Multiple times, over and during over again. During sex, or not during sex, but talking about sex, Anna says over and over again, subconsciously, oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Like a, like a grandmother. She also says, go ahead. Um, we'll go every other. That's what we'll do. And she says, okay. She also says (laughs) double crack. Like, like in her interior monologue, she, she won't like, she just goes, Oh, double crack. (laughs) (laughs) Christian signs, like, not with he, I know I just complained that he doesn't sign his emails. He does sign off on his emails with laters, baby. <laughs> Which isn't even like his original thing. It's his it brother's, his brother's thing. thing. Like his brother says, says it and then he steals it from him from, for the rest of the book. And it's like that, but, but you cannot, if your brother is using a silly little phrase, I would not, I would recommend against using that silly little phrase with your sex slave. That's weird. I'm that glad you keep referring to her as his sex slave. I think it's just like really important for my like worm eaten romantic brain to be like, but she never signs the contract. She's not actually his sex slave. Like she is. No, she's the sex, she's the sex slave. And you know what? I think, like, are you about well, to say, I, I, think that's say fine. That I think that that's fine, but it's not fine. It's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes I would like someone to. I would like. I would like to be, you know, given that, and then also <laughs> new clothes. I get where she's coming from. <laughs> oh God! What else do they say? Um, well, oh, the, sorry, the computer. So at one point, apparently at the time that this book was written, a MacBook was like high Only affordable by a billionaire. Like, never seen before. So Christian buys her this computer um, and she always, call, she's, she talks about firing up her mean machine like she talks about it in such a weird way. She talks about it the way that like a like an eighty year old person would talk about their smart like their first smartphone. Oh, <laughs> I she's like, how do how do I work this thing? Do I do I press the buttons on my keyboard? As if she didn't like graduate college in twenty eleven. And she's like, I don't have a computer. Oh my god. People had laptops back then. I yeah. had a laptop. Yeah. It it wasn't my personal laptop, but it was like a laptop. It was like the yeah. laptop. Oh, 
Um, there is a paragraph that I genuinely cackled at where Christian talks about his dick the way that like an 18 year old who's way too full of himself during his first sexual relationship. <laughs> and <laughs> there's like genuinely a full paragraph where he's like, I need to introduce you to my most prized possession. Well, he like That's has his dick in his hand. And then he whips his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could find it. Oh my God. Like, I wish that I could read it to you guys, but I don't remember the exact <laughs> phrasing. Fuck, it's so funny. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love this book. This is my favorite book ever. My my favorite book used to be The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh my god, ever. Margaret Atwood would have like opinions about you. <laughs> Listen, Margaret Atwood, I need to not feel things anymore, so that's why I have to read this book instead of your instead yeah. of your books. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he also, so we've, we've discussed this previously, but he also only calls his mother the crack whore. Yeah. After he says my mother was a crack whore, that's like a, that's like a cut to black end of chapter. (laughs) And then he goes, the rest of the book, he just calls her the crack whore. You know the, 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 like, the, the TikTok, like, go when it goes, boom. He's like, my mom, the crack whore, boom. It's a real mic drop, somehow. <laughs> or, like, the fart with the reverb. He really, when he talks about his mother, he sounds like an incel. Yeah, he's like, that stupid, ugly slut that gave Can't- birth to me. Like, it's concerning. Like, women are driven to sex work, Christian. Well, and also, like, way to, way to really stigmatize, like, substance yeah. abuse. You know, like, I was like, I'm sorry that your mom, like, I'm sorry that your mom had a, like, a mental illness and probably, like, was, didn't have the support that she needed when she had you as a kid. But, like, you don't have to be that it's mean crazy. about it. It's like, this, this guy is unhealed. He's like, if you are addicted to drugs, like, I hate well, you. Well, like, it feels to me, like, pretty, pretty liberated to, like, have such an understanding of your own sexual proclivities and also, like, know what you need and your boundaries and what you need to ask for and, like, what like what you need out of a sexual relationship and also to be like my mother the crack whore i don't know does that make sense yeah like he he yeah he because like there's this because he talks about how he's like oh i know exactly why i have these control issues like it's because of my mother the crack whore and it's like i like he clearly did the therapy and did the self-awareness of, like, why do I want the things that I want? But, like, he didn't do the part of the therapy where he, like, starts to, like, stops being so mean about his mom. <laughs> yeah. 
he just he he cut out he he was like i'm gonna skip that part <laughs> it's very like if she was in the room right here right now like if she was still alive if she was in this room i'd kill her again like <laughs> he goes is the crack whore in the room with us now <laughs> no Wait, he, he didn't her? kill her but like she died and then like i feel like he was like now the christian we know now is like yeah, I'm glad she's dead. Like, I hate that bitch. You were four, and she's not the one who sexually abused her. you. Like, why do you hate her so much? True. Right, right. It's like, it's like I, a lot I of misplaced it. Like, blame. I get having complicated. Yes, yes. Sorry. Okay, let's talk about the bad plot lines. Um, okay. We need to talk... <laughs> Wait, what is what is pedophilia? Um, I spelled pedophilia wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to talk about the one the one singular person of color in this book, <laughs> whose name is Jose. And I, this, I was so high when I read this section of the book that I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> You but weren't hallucinating! There, there is one person of color in this book, and his name is Jose, and he's one of the many, many men who's obsessed with Anna. And yeah. um, he is written in the most insanely racist... Like, I have never read anything like it. I Like, <laughs> she, she literally at one point goes, he smiles his big Hispanic American smile. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, girl, what? he just smiles. She's like, she's like, he walks in a very Mexican way. <laughs> what are you talking about? Ah! He's so, so incredibly, like, stereotyped. Like, she, she goes like, I look into his big Mexican eyes and he gives me a big Mexican hug. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like, I love, I love Jose. He had to, like, crawl on his belly across the US-Mexico border to get away from the cartel. <laughs> like, and there were, like, it's the most prejudiced thing that I have ever <laughs> heard in my life. And he's also always speaking in Spanish in, like, a way that, like, like, immigrants don't do. Like, he goes, like, Ana, Ana, cariña, como estas? Like, how are you? <laughs> It goes, really, really Anna, reads. Where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> it really, really. Oh, is he supposed to be Jacob? Maybe. I mean, Jacob is the only brown person, really, in Twilight. So, yeah, there's more. There's more brown people in Twilight, but this really reads like like Twilight, like hot Edwards, Edward in his khaki with his khakis with his Volvo, like, um. It really, that reads very Mormon, and this book reads very, like, I grew up in the Mormon church and then, like, got out. Yes, yes. Because, and like, now- it's very clear that her, like, formative years were spent, like, around white, wealthy white people because she's, like, the best car that you can have is an Audi. And, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if I put this in the outline, but the fact that he says to her, like, 
I like he is literally like plying her with wine constantly because he says in the book, I want to know what you're thinking and you won't oh tell my me God. if you're sober. Yes. Tucker, he is constantly like they are always drinking in this book. Like constantly. He's constantly giving her expensive wine and they make like a big point in the book about how like Anna cannot hold her liquor. Like she gets drunk so yes. quickly. And he's she literally has getting a her drunk sip of on wine purpose. and immediately relaxes. that huge ick huge ick the other thing that is a huge ick is the food thing anna has skinny girl i don't eat disease like frankly like if you were in the midst of the throes of an eating disorder if you read some of the things that like like anna will like not eat for a day or two and it's just like yeah, she's just like and oh, then I she forgot. gets like and she's like i'm a little lightheaded and he's like i'm gonna kill you you need to eat dinner it's like yeah. bizarre how controlling he is about the fact that he wants her to eat and it's also so bizarre that anna won't eat like oh. she's so resistant to it one of the things in the sex contract um, like to be his sex slave, she has to agree to eat three meals a day, which is like the normal amount of food to eat. And, um, and she goes, Oh my God, no, I, I, I just, I don't want to eat that much. Can it only be two meals a day? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, what? But like, she's like, don't make me eat. Like, don't. It's, it's so it's so weird she's like i just want to be able to i just want to and and then when she, the t- the night that she gets really really drunk and has to be kidnapped by christian she gets really drunk because she's like oh yeah i hadn't eaten in like two days um something else in the contract is that she needs to be working out four times a week and christian is like yeah to keep up with me in the bedroom like you need to be like in good shape and I think it's very telling that I'm like, oh my god, you're gonna give me a man who will write my workouts for me and also is, like, well-trained, so I probably won't hurt myself. Like, Anna, why are you complaining? He's gonna pay yeah. for you to see a personal trainer. I would love that. I would love I that. Would love I, that. I don't know. We're bitches who like to exercise, so... That's true. I, I don't know what I don't know what Anna likes to do besides like read book and drink bad tea, you know? Because she yeah. doesn't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to eat. She just wants to drink Twinnings English breakfast tea, and but not have, strong. Like, have like eight cups of wine every single day. <laughs> yeah, she her guts feel so insane, derogatory. Like, I'm sorry. The fact that we are not getting Anna, like, narrating being on the toilet constantly is not <laughs> realistic. She's she's drinking on an em- empty stomach constantly. Like. Yeah. I Like, I don't know. I get that some people don't have, like, digestive systems that are rotting inside like I do. <laughs> but, like, it's not relatable. <laughs> well. If Anna didn't have a digestive system that was rotting inside before Christian, she certainly has one after Christian. Yeah, because she is drinking and, on an e- yeah, and he's rearranging rearranging her guts constantly. 
Um, let's see. The other batshit in plain insane plot line that I want to talk about is the fact that Christian did not start as a dom. He started as a sub to yes. his mom's best friend when he was 14. Yeah. His adopted uh, concerning. mother. His yeah, adopted and mother, he's not like, the crack whore. She saved me. She saved me. We're best friends. I hope that we see some personal growth that he can, like, name it for what it is in the future. But, like, Anna is literally the only one this whole book being like, oh, she's that's a pedophile. Abuse. Yeah. That's she's, sexual that's, abuse. Let us be clear. That is pedophilia. 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 Um, like, that's what it is. That is what it is. And he also, like, I, I'm guessing that this will be explained more in later books. But he he's like, yeah, she saved my life. And it's like, what did she save you from? Like, high school biology? Like, what were you going to do? Like, all, he just, he's like, like this ominous reference that he was going to end up like his mom. Yeah. it 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 is, like, really bad. It is, I, I like, I find myself wishing the way that I do any time that there is, like, a little bit of an age conundrum that, like, really, really, like, I get that E.L. James is trying to be, like, this is so deeply fucked and I'm gonna show you why. Can it be deeply fucked, but he's, like, 18? Can it be, like, yeah. deeply f- like, I, like, I just, I just, like, maybe, maybe it is because I have finally reached an age where I, like, look at high schoolers and I'm like, oh, that's a child? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm really like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I don't, like, I... I don't even want to think about it. Like, I think we're supposed to be so shocked by it, and I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate, I don't appreciate it, but I, I like that we are talking about sexual abuse of young men, like, by an older woman, because, like, that definitely happens, but it's just, like, not talked about as much. Um, so I like that part of it, but I don't know. I don't, there's also something really like trauma porny that like, about like, yeah, I was, I was sex like saying like, yeah, I was sexually abused when I was 15. And then like you, it's like the main plot point in this like sexy book is like, we're like, we're having sex. And now I'm like, tell me about how you were sexually abused. And he's like, no, let's have sex instead. And it's like, it, that's a little like, um, like, like abuse should not be used as a plot point for an erotica novel, in my opinion. I also think, like, he also implies essentially, like, the reason that I am fucking you so good, Anna, is because, like, I she learned, taught yeah. me so well. Yeah. Which is yeah. inherently so icky yucky. It is very concerning. And I do hope that that gets rectified later. Um, only time will tell if it gets rectified later, but you know, we'll see. Hee hee. Okay. You want to talk about the sex in this book? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> she sounds so excited. There's like not that much left to say that we haven't already said. One, it is dramatic as fuck that he has a crucifix in the sex dungeon. I like that. Wait, is the crucifix for sex? <laughs> yes. There are like oh, cuffs I- on either side of it. Oh, I thought it was like I I got mixed up. I thought it was like for Catholic guilt. I'm just productive. No, it was for <laughs> fucking. Oh, well, that sounds more fun. <laughs> it just like I have to tell you, sometimes I would have to go back and reread, not in a horny way, but just because I really was like getting lost. I was like, what position are they in? Like, I genuinely am <laughs> having a hard time tracking. Like, he's like, he's he's like, now put your, put your hand on your hip and then jet out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a game there of twister. One, there was one that I felt like, um, you know, at the <laughs> you know at the McDonald's play place. <laughs> Like the old one from when we were kids where they would have like the games for the kids who were like too young to climb. And one of the ones you would like, like move the like wooden pegs around like a maze. Oh, yeah. That part. I could not visualize it. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) She was like, and then it like you get like moved up the wall. It's like a sex puzzle. in what, like, a, and Anna, like, literally describes it as, like, a sex puzzle. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's kind of like you're bouldering, except he's deciding, like, where your hands are going. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, that, I really did have some moments where I had to go back and be like, all right, where's my protractor? Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm bad at geometry. What's happening right now? <laughs> I, not so much like bad at geometry, but like sometimes she would be like, he is so deep in me. And I would be like, I'm so sorry. The position that you're describing, like, does not have you in a place where he could be so deep in you. Yeah. Like, and if, yeah, that is just yeah. like not how like hips work. It's not how hips work. And also like, because Anna does not do any sort of exercise. It's not like she's particularly bendy. No, and it's also not like her core is particularly strong. No, like there's no way that she's like, holding herself up or like I which I guess I guess that's why she has to go work out. But okay, but here's the other thing is that like he talks about how much he needs her to like work out so that she can keep up with him, but she doesn't do anything. She's kind of a pillow princess. She kind of is a, like we which I think we can get into it now. We got to have the libido conversation. Yeah. We do have we have to have the libido conversation every day. No, more than that. Like it's so although I will say we so here's this here's the conversation that we're having we need we, we okay we christian is busting constantly he's 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 gushing he uh, has an orgasm like every two hours i know and but like, it's more like he has an orgasm like 10 minutes apart and then it's a couple of hours yes. and then he has another orgasm he like he has a magical penis where he just like 
re it recharges and it's like back back like will you back 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 again like that is not how period never heard of her and that is not that is not how sex works that is not how people have sex like yeah i like we're tucker and i are telling on ourselves here but if you are having sex more than twice a day uh you're on you've got to be on steroids or something like i just like it it seems impossible and another thing that's it's not just christian who's always busting anastasia Steele is busting a nut constantly (laughs) she's having three four five orgasms every time they have sex i'm like girl where when how there is no way I realize, I realize that not everybody takes an SSRI, but I think that that is inaccurate. (laughs) I think she also, like, she, they're constantly, like, waking up in the middle of the night and she's, like, going to find him or he's, like, coming to find her so they can have sex again. If I came five times and then fell asleep, if you came to find me at two in the morning to try to fuck me again, you would get locked out of my bedroom. You would get, you would get hit in the face with my, with my hand. Like, I, I don't want to, and I also like, I don't want to, I don't want to be touched while I'm sleeping. Like, no, I'm asleep. I, no, they, they, they are, they are having so much sex in this book. And it's like so much sex to the point where it's like, I would like, like, I like, I like to have sex. However, I do like also to do other things. <laughs> the other thing is the only time they aren't arguing is when they're having sex. And I have to tell you, I'm not having sex with you if I'm mad at you for like hanging out with the woman who like you have had a bunch of really kinky sex with is like calling you on the phone all the time. Like, I would, yeah, I would, I would be hard pressed to have sex. I with I just someone. like, like Anna is always asking for a little space for herself to like be able to think because Christian is a really overwhelming person, and mm-hmm. then he'll give her like two minutes, and then he'll just like be in her space touching her again, and yeah. She's apparently, like, so horny that it overrides every single other want or need that she has. Right. It's just, like... Yeah, that is, like, a really damaging, like, idea, too, is that, like, oh, like, if if you start to be, like, advanced upon, like, your sexual impulses will just take over and it doesn't matter what you said before about like wanting to have time by yourself or like wanting to like i don't know like eat some carrots or something like that it's just like oh like uh, like you should be like your insatiable sex sex drive will wake up and you'll be like ready to have sex again it's like no that's not how it works well and it's also really damaging to like women who like women are talking about sex and women are talking about sex a lot more than they used to but it is like really damaging i think to like 
women who are like trying to figure out where their boundaries are, whether or not it's with like someone they're hooking up with or like someone who's a long-term partner. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that Anna never says no. Oh no, my AirPods are going to die. Oh no. No, I'm plugging one in. I'm plugging one into the, into the charger and then it'll charge and then the other one will keep going. Um, (laughs) Like the fact that like Anna never says no like probably yeah. makes all of these all of these little housewives like reading this book who already are having like kind of unfulfilling relationships like feel like shit for the fact right. that they like don't want to have this sex all the time or the fact that they yes. don't have a partner who like makes them want to act like Anna there's no partner who is going to make you as horny as Anna in this book. No, it's just not real. Especially when you have like a real relation, like maybe in the beginning of your relationship, when you guys are like crazy about each other and you're like rushing on all of like the brain chemicals that happen when you're falling in love with someone. But like this book is really, truly like, there's so many expectations that are placed on like women's libido and like what type of like sexual desire is normal. And it's like, you should like, Like, I think there's women carry a lot of shame when they, like, cannot become aroused or when they, like, do not want to have sex. Like, there's a lot of, like, like, oh, old ball and chain. Like, she never wants to have sex anymore. Like, there's so much shame around that. And this book really, like, exacerbates it by being, by, by this, like, characterization of this, like, woman who, like, is, like, I just can't control how much sex I want to have. It's just, like out of control you know like that and that's not like a lot of a lot of women like need to like relax or like slow down or like de-stress before they can like think about even even like start to think about like having sex you know um, well, but uh, like yeah that wouldn't be very sexy for this book because like oh like babe give me a second i'm gonna have a cup of tea and read read a chapter of my book before we can get it on Yeah. I don't know. I think that would be romantic. I would like to read that. (laughs) Yeah. It just, like, isn't... It's not great. Um, It's not good. Let's see. Let's... uh, One of the phrases, we already talked about the fact that, like, she always says she's quickening when she's about to come. The Mm -hmm. other one that she says all the time is, like, Anna is constantly biting her lip. She's constantly biting her lip, and Christian is, like... He's like, he, you know, um, the Mr. Darcy hand flex. <laughs> Christian yes. is doing that every single time she bites her lip, except his hand is flexing because he wants to spank her so bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a lame version of the Mr. Darcy hand flex. Yeah, it's a lot sexier for him to be like, oh my god, this is the only physical, like, this is like, uh, uh, I, mm. I touched her hand and it's so romantic. Oh my god, I yeah. love that movie! Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, what grown-ass woman bites their lip that much? You're, you're so know. right for that. What like, grown-up woman is biting her lip that much? I am only ever biting my lip if I am intentionally being like, oh, I'm just a big, sexy little girl. Like... <laughs> That is only when I will be biting my lip. Or if I'm, like, incredibly anxious and I'm, like, truly munching and having a snack <laughs> on my on my skin. 
I am thinking about it. I also don't think I bite my lip that much. Like, if I'm going to bite something, it's my fingernails. Do you think yeah. if I bit my fingernails as much as Anna bites her lip that, like, men would want to fuck me the way they want to fuck her? No. Oh, my God. We need to talk about the fucking – we need to talk about the pigtails, Tucker. <gasps> Yo, this was yucky. There's this part of this book where Anna – She's obviously biting her lip because she's doing that the whole the whole book. And she puts her hair into pigtails because she's, I don't know, 12 years old. And Christian is like, obviously um, has picked up on some of the pedophilia from his his bestie, Mrs. Robinson. And he's like, oh, I want to have sex with you so bad with your little pigtails. And I'm like, I wish that we would stop pretending that 12-year-old girls are sexy. I wish that we would stop doing that. Yeah, that was a lot for me. I did not like it when he is like, she, does she blow him before they have sex? No. Oh, it's after. I don't know. It's after. But then uh, another important thing to note is that this woman who's never had sex before is, gives the best blowjobs ever. Yeah, she can, like, immediately just, like, magically deep throat, no gag reflex, like. She has no gag reflex. She immediately knows what to do. See, this is just, this is not, like, like, I remember when I first started having sex, I was, like, so embarrassed that there were things that I, like, didn't know how to do. I was, like, like. It was so, like, I was so ashamed. And it's, like, it's because of stuff like this. It's, like, like there where there's, like, oh, you're a virgin, but, like, oh, my God, you're so sexy and you're so good at this. How'd you get so good at this? Like, that is such trash. That is such harmful shit. Like. Well, and also, like, this was another moment. She still has the pigtails in when she's blowing him. And he, like, is essentially, like, your enthusiasm is so youthful. Like, I've never been with someone as innocent as you are. And he's, he's like, like, turned on by her innocence. He's, like, grabbing on her pigtails. And he's like, oh, you're like a little girl. <laughs> um. Also, he, like, gives her the sex contract before he finds out she's a virgin. And she's like, I just, like, don't really want my first time to, like, be, like, in that room you showed me. And then he just, like, magically is like, Oh, I'll make love to you. Because before he had been like, I don't make love. I just fuck. And then as soon as he finds out she's a virgin, he's like, oh my God, let me make love to you. Yeah, it's so, it it, it doesn't, it's not making sense for me. Like, um, it, it doesn't make sense. And also he's a bad dom. He's a bad dom. He lets, he lets Anna do whatever she wants. He lets her do whatever he wants, she wants. And also, like, he really starts the book, like, the first part of the contract that he sends her is like, this is a mutually beneficial relationship. Like, I am essentially going to take you on, like, a sexual journey and you are gonna, like, understand things about yourself that you, like, couldn't have understood without this relationship. Like, I, I, like, he really is like, I'm taking you on a journey. Yeah. And then he doesn't take like her on a either. journey. He does not take her on a and also that's not what being a dom is. Like like being a dom 
I mean, I'm not immersed in the BDSM community, so I don't know why I'm talking out of my ass right now. But he's like, <laughs> he gets her to sign this and he's trying to get her to sign this insane contract so that he, she will like submit to him in all things. And then he's like, I'm actually not, <laughs> he's like, I'm actually not going to force you to do anything, which is like totally antithetical to the entire Dom thing. Anna is also like, I don't want to be your submissive. Like, I want to, like, yeah. be my own person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then she's like, and Christian's like, you don't have a submissive phone in your body. Both of mm-hmm. you are lying. They're Anna loves lying. to submit in bed. She thinks it is she so yeah. sexy what Christian is doing to her. She yeah. loves it. It yeah. makes her orgasm five times every time they have sex. So, like, <laughs> like... A homegirl needs to have a serious conversation with herself because, like, yeah, she, like, you can, like, be submissive in bed without being a sub. And, like, you can be dominant in bed without being a dom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, it. it's, it's a little weird. (sighs) It also... The reason I think that Christian is a bad dom is when she's like, I need you to use the belt on me. I need to understand. A good dom would say no. (laughs) Okay, Tucker. (laughs) I just think, I just think like if he's going to take her on this sexual journey, if he's like really going to be in charge, like why are you like bending over backwards? Like she's like, I need you to do this to me because I like need to know your deepest desire. But like, I don't think he wanted to do it. And, and also like the, yeah, the Dom thing would be to be like, no, I'm going to hide it from you. Like you're going to have to find out or like you're going to have to earn it, you know? Yeah. Tuck and I could have written this book better. Like roll your eyes a couple more times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like make me, he would have been like, make me really, really want to punish you. Should Tuck and I quit our jobs and become smart writers? (laughs) that i guess what was like really confusing to me truly is that like anna had no capability to lean in she wouldn't lean in she was just like it's fucked up that he wants to punish me girl what do you think like like it is whatever and he never explained like why it might be hot for a sub to want to be punished like, he was yeah. just like, yeah, I know it's fucked up that I want to do this, but this is, like, part of my desire. And she's like, oh, well, I don't think I can support that desire. And he never – he gives her no incentive to, like, better understand the, like – Yeah. The mental relationship between a dom and a sub. He, She's just like, right. oh, I, like, physically don't want to whatever, whatever. She also forgets I- the safe words. <laughs> She does like that when she doesn't know that she could have said the safe words. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there are safeguards put into place so that stuff like that, like the the thing that happens at the end where she gets so upset, like there, like that doesn't, I mean, it obviously does probably happen a lot, but like, like that's what safe words are for, you know? Like, well, and the reason she got so upset is because it was, like, fully external to the Dom-Sub relationship that he was hitting her with a belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, like, mm. not to be, like, on about that on herself, but 
she did say do it to me so yeah i don't know well and here's the thing again i don't want to tell on myself but like she's she's so like frightened by like this desire for him that that he has to like punish her and i'm like i don't know that's like pretty like cuz the whole thing about like heterosexual relationships obviously is that like they i'm i'm ringing up freud right now like they mimic like the father daughter relationship which is like in a lot of ways like really um um like really scandalous but like that's like what makes it erotic um am i sounding insane i'm listening you're I don't listen- know if I'm okay. agreeing, but I'm listening. Like, I think that there's something really, like, Freudian about, like, the, a man's urge to, like, dominate a younger woman. And, like, is like especially a younger woman, especially when she's, like, really inf- infantile and she's got, like, pigtails. And, like, there's something really, like, we- like, there's something... Like, oh, I thought you, I, the reason I wasn't following is I thought that you were saying that all heterosexual relationships are Freudian because no. they have father daughter implications. And I was like, I don't like what you're, I don't like where what you're saying. No, no. N- not at all. This, this one like, specifically just, is kind of Freudian. I would agree. Yeah. It's like, that's why I think a lot of men are so turned on by the idea of like punishing like punishing a younger woman or being in control of a younger woman it's because it reminds them of this like father-daughter relationship which can be like skewed in a way to be made sexual which is really obviously like um taboo but things that are are taboo are also really erotic yeah okay i would like to clarify that i that I do not think that the father-daughter relationship is sexual i'm just saying i'm calling in my bestie sigmund freud (laughs) (laughs) let's see let's do our final speaking of sigmund freud let's do our final psychoanalysis of this relationship and then let's sign off because we've been talking for an hour and 53 minutes (laughs) we have so much to say this is this book is a rich text it is a rich text Um, i this there's so much to say about all types of media especially bad media like every you can always be learning and interpreting and that's that anyway sorry um let's psychoanalyze this relationship is it healthy no (laughs) is it unhealthy yes (laughs) (laughs) got that one i think that there are portions of the the relationship that are healthy like the fact that they're always Mm -hmm. discussing boundaries are they respecting those boundaries Zero percent. Zero percent. And they're talking about their feelings a lot, but the feelings are just happy or angry. <laughs> they're like, I love you. you ha- no, I don't. <laughs> you have two emotions. You can be happy or angry. No, three. Happy, angry, or horny. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. No, 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 no. What's that? Well, yeah. Well, you can be happy and horny, or you can be angry and horny. That is correct. But you always have to be horny. <laughs> In this book, yes. Is is Anna a real sub? No. Not yet. But I think part of the reason she's not a real sub is she, like, 
Like, she could truly just be a sub in the Red Room of Pain and that would be fine. But, like, Christian never bothers to fucking explain that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she could just be a sexual sub and then not a submissive in the rest of their relationship and that would be fine, but they never talk about it. No, they're both stupid. (laughs) Is Christian a real Um, dumb? In the bedroom? Yeah. Because he, like, doesn't want to be touched. But outside of the bedroom? No, because he loves it when Anna's a brat. He does! He does. He he loves it when Anna is uppity. That is not dumb behavior. He loves it. And he doesn't just love it because he, like, gets to punish her later. Like, he thinks he it's talks really a, charming. He thinks it's really charming. And he also talks a big game about wanting to punish her. But, like, it's just flirting. Like, it's not even really yeah. foreplay. Because Anna isn't excited to go home and get spanked. Like, right, they're just right. talking about it as, like, a potential thing. And that is what's getting them horny. For someone who is, like, so, he, he, Christian really claims to be so, like, this is the way that I am. This is the only way that I can have a relationship with somebody. He immediately is like, okay, well, let's compromise. <laughs> and it's just because she has that, she has that special, special, like, pheromone that only Christian, Christian can smell. That- Je ne sais pas. Yeah. (sighs) Well, (laughs) if you all made it, congratulations. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) discussions of every topic under the sun somehow in our Fifty Shades of Grey pod. (laughs) We'll be back next week talking about Fifty Shades Darker. We will continue to discuss Sigmund Freud. Perhaps Um, we will have less to say next week, but it's not likely. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I think it might be likely because it's... You'll read it. Oh, I will read it. And I will read it. You will read it. Um, Any whoops, follow us on English... On Instagram at EnglishMajorsPod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. And... We'll see you back next week for Fifty Shades Darker. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.